Hello, everybody, and welcome to Charts with Dan. We have a lot to recap about the box office this previous weekend. We have the third week of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, a big premiere for Downton Abbey, A New Era, and some stuff to talk about, everything, everywhere, all at once. Lots of things going on in the box office world. Before we get to any of that, though, I want to thank, as always, my partner here on the show, Carbon Health. We've been partners for quite some time here on Charts with Dan, and that's because I really believe in what they're doing, which is to help make healthcare accessible and affordable to as many people as possible. If you download the Carbon Health app right now, you can find a location near you and you can access things like telehealth if you prefer to see a doctor that way or there's no Carbon Health location near you. And as test numbers are starting to creep up a little bit during the summer months, you can also get low-cost antigen COVID-19 home tests at any Carbon Health location. So a big thank you as always to Carbon Health and let's look at the top five for this past weekend. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness spends a third week at number one with a drop off at right around 48%. That is a much less steep decline than we saw last week. I did a whole episode last week on the box office of Doctor Strange and a lot of the fact checking and myths, etc. If you missed last week's episode, you can go check that out right now. But as we look at the drop offs from weekend two to weekend three in the MCU, you can see that actually the best two holds between the second and third weekend were two phase four MCU films, Spider-Man No Way Home, which is a Sony movie, and then Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. But you can see there Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with a 48% drop off. That puts it right in between Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Iron Man 2, which had drop offs of around 47 and 49%. So Doctor Strange holds better than Black Widow, which had a 55% drop off Eternals which had a 59% drop off and we see that the movie went from having one of the worst drop offs from weekend one to weekend two to an above average drop off from weekend two to weekend three which is why I say you can't write the full box office story about a film after just one weekend and we have more to talk about with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness later on in the show. At number two was Downton Abbey A New Era with a debut just over 16 million dollars which is a fair amount below what we saw last time when the previous Downton movie was released back in 2019. But there's something very important to note about Downton Abbey. You'll remember many weeks ago, uh, really when we were still worried about attendance numbers, I talked about the demographics of people that were slow to return to theaters, and they were generally older audiences and also skewed a little bit more female. Even though there was a drop from the first Downton movie to the second Downton movie, I think that the demographics for who actually turned out to see it this weekend are pretty encouraging for the overall box office market. This is a comparison between the demographics for Downton Abbey versus Spider-Man No Way Home, just to show you the difference between a big MCU opening and what we saw this previous weekend. Downton Abbey is there in blue, Spider-Man No Way Home is in orange, and you can see the male audience for Spider-Man No Way Home, 63% male. You flip that the other way with Downton Abbey, 27% male, meaning that the audience for Downton Abbey A New Era was 73% female versus 37% female for Spider-Man No Way Home. When you look at the under 25 number, this is pretty shocking. 60% of the audience for Spider-Man No Way Home was under 25 versus at least 20 21% for Downton Abbey, A New Era. And I say at least 21% because the only demographics that I could find for Downton Abbey, A New Era were that 79% of the audience that went to the movie theater this past weekend were over 35. So it's actually quite likely that 
an even bigger number of the audience for that film was under 25. And then Downton Abbey, a much less diverse movie when we look at the demographics for it versus Spider-Man No Way Home, 74% white versus 32% white for No Way Home, 10% Hispanic and Latino for Downton Abbey versus 30% for No Way Home, 8% black versus 17% black, and then 8% Asian uh, and other races versus 21% for Spider-Man No Way Home. So what we saw for Downton Abbey this past weekend was a predominantly white, predominantly older, predominantly female audience, which when we looked at the research saying who was most reticent to return to the movie theaters, it was that exact audience. So I think it's actually very heartening. A lot of times if a sequel comes out and it takes a big drop from its previous predecessor, people say, ooh, I don't know, that's not a great sign. I actually think the fact that this movie brought out the hardest to turn out audience in a pandemic era world is pretty heartening news for the box office because it means that all audiences, not just the audiences for the big MCU films, but all audiences are now starting to return to the movies. So that is a $16 million debut for Downton Abbey. In third place in its fifth weekend was The Bad Guys, which dropped off just 13% with $6.1 million. In fourth place for a seventh week in the top five, Sonic the Hedgehog with a drop off of just 12% with $4 million. And then in fifth place, Alex Garland's newest film, Men, from A24 with $3.2 million, a new entry in the top five. I did not get a chance to see it this weekend. Uh, as would be expected, it was apparently very polarizing. It got a D-plus cinema score, which is about what you would expect uh, from an Alex Garland film and an A24 film. But a big story that happened right outside the top five was that Everything Everywhere All at Once once again had a single-digit drop weekend over weekend as far as box office business goes, so it continues to hold phenomenally well in that regard. And as we mentioned last week, it has also now become A24's highest domestic grocer. It passed the gross of Uncut Gems, and it now stands at $52,263,484, number one domestically for A24. Uncut Gems now number two, Lady Bird at number three, Hereditary at number four, and Moonlight at number five. So a big kudos to Everything Everywhere All at Once, which over two months into its box office run is still setting records and still holding incredibly well just outside the top five. When we look at the weekend box office overall and our road to recovery, we took another dive down from last weekend's number, but still well above where we were this time last year in 2021. When we look at next weekend, however, if we can get the box office above around $150 million total, then we will once again beat the 2015 to 2019 average, and that largely falls on the shoulders of Top Gun Maverick. It has been getting incredible critical buzz for weeks now. The question is now, will audiences turn out to see the movie. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's a four-day weekend, so we'll see what happens there. We have some other movies entering the marketplace, most notably the Bob's Burgers movie, which will add to that overall domestic gross, but if we can get the total domestic gross up around $150 million, then we'll start beating that summer average uh, and start summer off really with two weeks where we're beating the average box office, at least over the previous five years, which isn't a bad start for the box office. When we look at the total box office market share, Disney Fox picks up another Another 1% based off the performance of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Universal, who owns Focus Features, the company that distributed Downton Abbey, picks up a 1% market share for the weekend, bringing them up to 12%. Sony and Paramount both lose 1% market share. Sony now at 21%, Paramount now at 17%. WB stays at 20%, and all other studios combined now 
make up 12% of the total box office market for this year. Paramount, of course, looking to pick up more market share this weekend when Top Gun Maverick opens. So we'll see if their piece of that pie grows after this Memorial Day weekend upcoming. Before we move on to the other charts, I did want to say something else about Doctor Strange, and I, I promise it won't be as long as it was last week, but we talked last week about uh, was the movie a hit, was it not a hit, a lot of the narratives that were going around, and I came to the conclusion last week that in my opinion, and I think the numbers back this up, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Badness is a box office hit, it just becomes about expectations and the degree to which a person expected it to be a hit, which plays into the narrative. And there was something that actually got brought up in the comments section and I've seen uh, this also uh, get thrown around in the last week or so, and it's something I didn't exactly touch on last week, but it's about the billion-dollar club as it is, the number of movies that have grossed $1 billion at the worldwide box office, and whether that is a mark of the expectations or should be a mark of the success of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I wanted to break down those numbers and kind of give you my opinion backed up with my analysis of what's going on. So the question really is, should Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness have made $1 billion, and is the fact that it seems likely not to do so an indication that it's perhaps a bit of a disappointment, at least in the eyes of Marvel or Disney? Well, let's look first of all at the list of movies that have made $1 billion at the worldwide box office. Now, the numbers do vary slightly depending on what source you use, but the basic number I found is 49. 49 movies all time that have entered the $1 billion club. Seems like there should be plenty of room for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, but there is one thing that I think has not been taken into account in a lot of the box office analysis that I have seen with this film, and that is the Chinese market and the fact that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has not received a release in China and is not likely to receive a release in China, and even if it did get released in China, probably wouldn't make that much money. We saw that with the Batman earlier this year. Because of the resurgence in COVID-19 in China, even the theaters that are open are not seeing a lot of box office business right now because there are some very restrictive lockdown procedures happening all over the country. So you can never really quite predict what a movie is going to do in the market. So let's look at that list again. 49 films that have made $1 billion at the worldwide box office. Here are the movies that have done it without the Chinese market. And we go from 49 films to four. The Dark Knight, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, Joker, and the most recent MCU film prior to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Spider-Man No Way Home. So when we talk about the expectation game, the fact that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is not likely to receive a Chinese release and thus won't have money from the Chinese marketplace, to say that you're expecting it to make a billion dollars would be to say that you're expecting a movie to do what only four out of 49 have done, namely to make a billion dollars worldwide without Chinese money. Money. What would the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness box office have looked like if it had gotten a Chinese release? Well, we can never really know. We can kind of just go off of the numbers. And of course, these are all pre-COVID numbers. So these are just averages, but it kind of gives us an idea. For example, the average gross from China for an MCU movie that made a billion dollars worldwide was just over $230 million. So when you add that to the current Multiverse of Madness global gross, you do get a $1 billion total gross, meaning that if Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness had been released in China and had earned on average what a Marvel film that earned a billion dollars worldwide did make in the Chinese marketplace, it would be 
a billion dollar film. However, you do have to take into account that this average is not for that many movies. Only nine out of 28 Marvel films have both made $1 billion and been released in China. And that includes the most successful film of all time in Avengers Endgame. So I think that that average gets skewed a little bit. I also looked up the average gross from the Chinese marketplace of a film that made a billion dollars and was released in China. And that's a little bit of a lower number. It's 144.2 million. So again, if you add the $144.2 million gross of the average movie that made a billion dollars worldwide and was released in China, you get a total global gross right now of $948,667,002, meaning that it's very likely that the movie would also go on to gross $1 billion, because I think it's safe to say there's at least $50 million left in the tank for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness worldwide. So in short, could Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness have hit $1 billion? Well, absolutely. It's a big Marvel event film, and any one of them is probable to do it. However, only 10 out of 28 of them have done it, so you can't really say that it's expected of Marvel movies to hit $1 billion worldwide. But should Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness have hit $1 billion, and is the fact that it's not likely to a mark of some kind of failure? Well, I think that you have to take a lot into account because we are not looking at the same global marketplace that we were looking at when all of those other movies hit $1 billion. The Chinese market is a huge reason why the $1 billion list is as big as it is because almost every single one of them had substantial contributions as far as Chinese dollars go to that $1 billion mark. And when we look at the overall box office picture in a, I don't even want to say post-COVID world, in a COVID world, added with the political realities that sees a Chinese government that is much more hostile to films from the American marketplace, I don't think you can do an apples-to-apples -apples comparison with the box office today. The fact of the matter is that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has already made over $800 million worldwide. If it had been released in China, that number would probably be easily over $900 million at this point, and I don't think we'd be having the same discussion. And that's why I'm going to harp again on what I talked about last week, which is that everything should be in context because all of the other Marvel films, or at least most of them, that Doctor Strange is being compared to, at least as far as worldwide gross, came out in a much different environment, realistically and politically and globally, than the Chinese marketplace. And the fact that China is largely out of play for the foreseeable future and may only be in play for a very small number of films should actually readjust how we all look at the global box office marketplace. Before we move on, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, Athletic Greens, the makers of AG1. You've been hearing about AG1 on the show for quite some time now, and I started taking it because I'm looking to support better gut health this year and an overall better me. But what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And taking AG1 is super simple. I can either put a scoop right into a cup of water or mix it into a shake that I'm making at home. Either way, it's a quick and tasty way for me to start the day off right and make sure I'm supporting not only my gut health, but my immune system, my recovery and focus, and so much more. AG1 is lifestyle friendly and contains less than one gram of sugar with no GMOs or artificial anything. And if you don't take a multivitamin or have been trying to figure out which one to take, AG1 is also a great choice because it is full of high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. 
Athletic Greens is a company also cares about the world. They are a climate neutral certified company. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry right here in the United States. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com Dan. Again, that is athleticgreens.com Dan, D-A-N, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring today's show. Let's come back down to earth a little bit and look at the per theater averages for the past weekend. Number one was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which brought in a little over $7,000 in each of the 4,500 theaters that it played in. At number two, a film from South Korea, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, called The Roundup, which brought in $6,700 in just 15 theaters. At number three was Downton Abbey, A New Era, with just over $4,100 in over 3,800 theaters. At number four, a re-release of the film Stunt Rock, which is an Australian film from the 70s featuring, you guessed it, stunts and rock music, in particular the music of the band Sorcery. It was only playing in one theater and brought in $2,700 at that theater. And then in fifth place, a re-release of the Turkish film Distant, also known as Uzak, from 2002. It won the Best Actor Prize at the Cannes Film Festival. It was also only playing at one theater, bringing in a little under $2,000. Looking at the top five films at the specialty box office, also known as limited release, which I define as 1,000 theaters or fewer, at number one is Dinesh D'Souza's latest... I guess I'll call it film. Documentary, I think, is a bit of a stretch. It's called 2,000 Mules. It played in 415 theaters, bringing in just over $751,000. And I'm required to report on it because that is the number one film at the specialty box office. Though I have to say, as objective as I try to be when I'm reporting the news, I don't particularly enjoy reporting on this specific film because I think it has the potential to do a great deal of harm, and from what I've read and the research that I've done on it, uh, is also making a lot of very dangerous allegations based on very little evidence. So that little bit of editorializing aside, it was the number one film at the specialty box office. At number two was The Roundup. It brought in just over $100,000 in 15 theaters. And then we have three holdovers at the number three through five spots. The Duke in 180 theaters brought in another $100,000. Petite Maman in 83 theaters brought in $42,000. And right behind that, Ikomo SL in 38 theaters brought in just under $42,000. All three of those films in their fifth week of release. Let's look at any changes there may be on the 2022 top 10 when it comes to films in limited release and it's all the same from last week except for one adjustment which is the film Family Camp and you'll actually see that Family Camp has an asterisk next to it that's because if you remember on last week's show Family Camp was actually the top grossing film in limited release because it was playing on under 1,000 screens well as of this past weekend it actually went into wide release because its screen count went over a thousand so I froze its gross on the 
the last day it was in under 1,000 theaters, which came in at $1,838,204. That was enough to drop out the 2022 Oscar shorts from this list. It is now the new number 10. The remainder of the top 10 is the same from last week. When we look at the 2022 summer domestic box office, this is the summer movie season. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness remains number one with $342.7 million. Downton Abbey, A New Era, opens in second place with just over $16 million. That drops Firestarter from last weekend down to number three with a gross of just over $7 million. Men, which opened in enough theaters to qualify as a wide release, is at $3.2 million. And you see Family Camp there. It is now on this chart because I only put films that are in wide release on this domestic summer box office chart. Family Camp now qualifies for that. So it is at number five with $2.7 million in total domestic gross. My summer box office predictions, nothing has changed from last week because none of my other predictions have come out. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, my prediction for the number one movie of the summer is still at number one. All of the rest of them have yet to come out. That will change this weekend when Top Gun Maverick hits theaters, and I'm very excited to see how it does because I could honestly see it going one of many different ways, and it's going to be very interesting to see, well, first of all, what I think of the movie. I'm going to be seeing it tomorrow night, or I guess tonight as we're uploading uh, this show, so you can check out my review probably on Wednesday morning. But I also want to see how the audience responds because if it's as good as critics have said thus far, then we could be looking at a big hit. Let's turn our eyes away from the domestic marketplace now to look at the international market. These are all movies outside of the domestic North America and Canada marketplace. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, still number one with a $40 million gross, followed by The Roundup. And let's talk a little bit more about The Roundup. It is a film from South Korea. It is a sequel to a movie that came out in 2017 called The Outlaws, though the Korean title translates to Crime City 2, uh, but it did uh, fantastically well uh, just in South Korea. This is actually only three days out of a five-day opening week uh, for that film. The Bad Guys is at number three with $6.6 million. A re-release of the Chinese film Love Will Tear Us Apart does good enough to make number four on the list with $5.7 million, and Sonic the Hedgehog Hedgehog 2 remains on this list with 4.6 million. So when you combine the international weekend with the domestic weekend, we get our top five films worldwide. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness brings in $72.3 million in its third weekend globally. The Roundup, good enough still for number two with $23.7 million. Downton Abbey, a new era with $19.5 million worldwide. The Bad Guys at number four with $12.7 million. And Sonic the Hedgehog at number five with $8.6 million. When we look at the 2022 domestic box office, no real change except for one near the bottom of the list. The top five stays the same. The Batman at number one for now. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness at number two. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 at three. Uncharted at four. The Lost City getting so close to that $100 million mark. I think it might be there by next weekend, but we'll have to see how it holds up. And then when we look at number six through 10, the only change is that the bad guys has now passed the domestic gross of Morbius, which now drops down to number nine. If you had the animated film about the bad guy wolf making more than the bad vampire Marvel film, then you should get into box office prognostication because uh, you would probably be doing pretty well right now. 
Morbius now number nine, Dog is at number 10. When we look at the 2022 domestic box office as far as calendar gross, these are tickets sold since January 1st. The Batman remains number one, Doctor Strange is at number two, Spider-Man No Way Home sold $231 million worth of tickets in calendar year 2022, good enough for number three. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Uncharted are at number five. Six through 10 stay the same except for the bad guys drops Morbius off this list. It is now there at number 10. We'll see how Top Gun Maverick opens. Uh, if it opens well enough, then the bad guys may be a pretty short-lived entry on this list. Looking at the 2022 worldwide box office, we had a big change because it was the change right at the top. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness bypasses the global gross of the Batman. It is now the highest grossing movie of the year globally at just over $800 million. Batman at a shade under $770 million drops down to number two. I should say the Batman. Have to be very careful with articles nowadays. The Battle at Lake Chungjin 2 is at number three. Uncharted is at number four. Too Cool to Kill at number five. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore at number six. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 at seven. Nice View is at number eight. The Bad Guys is at number nine. And The Lost City is at number 10. When we look at the worldwide box office for the previous 365 days, another big change. Spider-Man No Way Home stays number one. The Battle at Lake Chongjin stays at number two. But Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness jumps up three spots from last week to be the third highest grossing film globally in the previous 365 days. That drops No Time to Die and The Batman down one spot. It also drops F9 down one spot. F9 is enjoying its last week here on the worldwide previous 365-day chart. Next week, we will celebrate its entry into the 365-day Hall of Fame because it will have been on this chart for a full calendar year. So mark that in your calendars. We're going to have a celebration next week with our family. The Battle at Lake Chungjin 2 is at 7, Venom Let There Be Carnage at 8, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings at number 9, and Sing 2 is at number 10. Before we see what people are watching at home through various streaming services, I always like to do a flashback to a previous weekend at the box office. And we've had these weird little coincidences and synergies uh, over this past year as far as a previous box office year having some tie-in to the place where we are. Well, this weekend upcoming, we have the premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+, Plus, which takes place 10 years after the prequel trilogy. If we rewind the clock, back 20 years this past weekend, we get the release of Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones, which had its first full box office weekend, May 17th through 19th, 2002. It was the debut of Hayden Christensen in the Star Wars franchise. Reportedly, he will be coming back in some capacity for this Obi-Wan show. $80 million in 2002 money, which is not too shabby. Spider-Man was making so much bank. $45 million in its third week at the box office. Unfaithful in its second week is there at $10 million. At number four is a really good movie if you haven't seen it. It's 20 years old now, which is why it's weird to watch because it has a little baby Nicholas Holt in it. It debuted at number four with $8.5 million ahead of the movie in fifth place, which is The New Guy starring DJ Qualls, remember him, in its second week at $6.4 million. So before we wrap up the show, I like to take a look at what people are watching at home through various devices and services. And first, we'll look at the iTunes rental and purchase chart. Uncharted remains number one, available for purchase and rental. Morbius makes its debut on the iTunes chart. It is now available for purchase. So if you wanted to buy Morbius and own it forever, 
That's a decision for you to make. And apparently a lot of people did because it's good enough for number two. The Northman is at number three. The Bad Guys at number four. The Lost City at number five. Spider-Man No Way Home at six, followed by Dog, Moonfall, and Sing 2. And returning to the chart is Jackass Forever at number 10. Looking at the most watched programs on Netflix, and I do this using my global Merle metrics, so I take the total number of hours watched, divide it by the length of each program, and that gives us a number that I call the PFV number. Those are potential finished views, the number of users globally that could have potentially finished each program, be it a TV series or a movie. At number one is the Netflix movie Senior Year, which was watched for over 50 million hours, 55.9 million hours to be exact, with a PFV number of 29.8. The Takedown, another Netflix movie, is at number two with a PFV number of 16, followed by the Netflix movie Our Father with a PFV of 14.7, the Netflix movie The Perfect Family with a PFV of 12.2, and then the Netflix series Welcome to Eden Season 1 with a PFV of 11.5. Then we have the Netflix original movie Marmaduke at number 6 with a PFV of 10, along for the ride at number 7 with the 7.5 PFV, followed closely by Sonic the Hedgehog, which is not available domestically on Netflix, with a PFV of 7.4. Ozark Season 4 is starting to slip further down the charts with a PFV of 6.8, and then the Netflix original movie Operation Mincemeat with a PFV of 6. This is a newer chart here on the show. We're looking at the most watched streaming shows and movies according to Nielsen. Two caveats with this. Number one, these are heavily delayed numbers. So these are actually numbers from about a month ago and not all streaming services are included in this number. There was a news story that said that HBO Max had popped up uh, on a Nielsen ratings report because of the number of people that were watching the service. As far as I know, they have not yet opted to take part in this as far as sharing the number of minutes or hours watched for their programming. So you're not going to see HBO Max or some of the other streaming services on this chart just yet. Hopefully that changes in the future because I'd like to make this as complete as possible. Looking first at the 10 most watched streaming movies in the US, and this is for the week of April 18th through the 24th, Two very familiar movies stay at number one, Encanto and Turning Red, both on Disney+. Plus. At number three, White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie & Fitch on Netflix, followed by Cleaner, also on Netflix, and Moana on Disney+. Plus. Viewership dropped a little bit week over week, and I think that allowed some movies to return to the chart because at number six is Luca on Disney+, Plus, another, I guess you would call it, library title uh, and a Pixar film with 2.5 million hours watched, followed by The Adam Project on Netflix making a return to the chart with 2.3 million hours watched. How It Ends on Netflix with 2.2 million hours watched. Then Choose or Die and Sonic the Hedgehog on Amazon here in the US able to make the top 10 with 2.1 million hours watched. And finally, let's look at the 10 most watched streaming series in the U.S. for those who chose to participate. Again, this is for the week of April 18th through the 24th. Better Call Saul on Netflix, the most watched streaming show that Netflix had data on, is at number one, followed by Bridgerton at number two, Coco Melon at number three. Anatomy of a Scandal enters the chart at number four with 11.5 million hours watched, followed by the John Wayne Gacy tapes with 11.4 million, both shows on Netflix. 
Heartland is at number six. Moon Knight stays at number seven. The only show on this list that did not have full seasons available. This was the fourth episode of Moon Knight's rollout uh, on Disney+. Plus. So pretty impressive that it was still able to command such a high watch number. NCIS on Netflix at number eight. Criminal Minds on Netflix at number nine. And The Ultimatum on Netflix at number 10. And that wraps up charts for today. It is a big entertainment week. We have, as I mentioned, Top Gun Maverick hitting theaters nationwide for the Memorial Day weekend. We also have the Bob's Burgers movie, which was going to be theatrical and then streaming and now is back to theatrical, also opening in theaters nationwide. And then we have two huge streaming events happening this weekend. The first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi premiere on Friday, as does the first part of the fourth season of Stranger Things on Netflix. You can look for a review of several of those things. I will have a Top Gun Maverick review up on Wednesday. I will have a Obi-Wan Kenobi review up as soon as I'm able to see those episodes and get a review up. Same with Stranger Things Season 4 as soon as I'm able to watch all that and get my thoughts on it. So it's going to be a busy week for me and a busy week here on the channel. So be sure to stay tuned, subscribe. There's a little bell that you can hit and I never remember to tell people to click it, but it does actually help because it tells you, it actually alerts you when I put out a new video and we're going to be putting out a lot of them. So make sure you not only subscribe, but hit that little bell to be notified when a new video comes up. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you to Athletic Greens, my sponsor, and also to Carbon Health, my partner here on the show. It's a big week, so have fun whether you're heading out to the theater or you're staying home to watch stuff on your streaming service of choice. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Bye.